1: Josh Jacobs had a historically great performance in week 12 of the NFL season. Also, from a fantasy perspective, we're checking where does that rank him as the running back's greatest performances of this century. So, Sean, you did a part of your article this week focusing on Josh Jacobs and how his performance this week you know, fits into that. I, I've said this a number of times, Josh Jacobs this season – draft season he wasn't somebody I was targeting when we look then at my rosters he's on I I would guess between zero and five percent and zero is the the honest estimation of, of where things land with Josh Jacobs which is obviously hugely disappointing now for myself as we have continued to see him put up performance after performance after performance but that was topped by this performance in week 12 against the Seahawks where he goes for over 300 yards has 33 rush attempts 229 yards two touchdowns on the ground the longest of those being that 86 yard walk-off touchdown in overtime has six receptions for 74 yards so a monster monster day for him sean where is that ranking statistically with the all-time best performances
2: yeah so we get jacobs now up to 22 points a game this season that'll happen when you add on a 48 point Performance like he did this week. It was kind of funny because Monty Fahn and I received a trade offer in our Viz TriFlex Dynasty League right before the games, right before the trade deadline of Josh Jacobs and Mike Williams for Jonathan Taylor. We obviously declined that, and yet as you're watch- watching the games, you know it does give you a little bit of a chuckle because you're wondering how the opponent who is trying to to maximize his team for a championship run, and what he would be thinking if he makes that move and loses Jacobs. Obviously, still have Jonathan Taylor much, much higher for you know rest of career, even rest of season. But Josh Jacobs getting the massive game here does put him in some sort of unique company. Right? We have 129 games this century where a running back scores at least 40 points 51 times those players go over 45 there are a handful of these 50 point games and column the biggest game still is that jamal charles game in week 15 of the 2013 season where he rushes for only 20 yards but scores five touchdowns, catches eight passes, has 195 receiving yards every time he touched the ball. He seemed to break off a 50- or 60-yard touchdown.
1: That is that is still an incredible number for, you know, 195 yards on eight receptions is is incredible. But, yeah, obviously each one of those, he's, on half of those, he's running through the end zone. Four touchdowns.
2: Yeah, just absolutely insane. It would have been cool if he had gotten just another .5 so we could say there's been one 60-point game there are 18 of these 50-point games. Jacobs just misses this threshold. Joe Mixon hit it earlier this season. So a back who, outside of that performance, has really struggled with efficiency. I think that you could make the case that Jacobs and Joe Mixon have a lot of similarities, except Jacobs now very clearly the more dynamic rusher. And as you look at the possibilities going forward, Derek Carr starting to play a little bit better. Teams having to account for a Devontae Adams. If you could get a Hunter Renfro healthy, if you could get a Darren Waller healthy, uh, they're going to probably be a little bit conservative with these guys because they're not really in the playoff chase. But the Raiders kind of back into that situation where the coaching staff already needs to finish fast to not get fired. If Josh McDaniels has the bust situation with the Denver Broncos... Goes back to his safe zone there with the Patriots. Plays all of those seasons out. Has the flirtation with the Colts. That doesn't come to fruition. Passes over other opportunities. Finally decides to take this opportunity with the Raiders and then only makes it through one season. That does immense damage to not only his reputation, but the future of his coaching career. So these guys are going to be playing and coaching as though their careers really are on the line going down the stretch. I think that that positions Jacobs nicely to score again. So we'll talk about that portion in a second, but I do think it's kind of interesting to just go through how the running backs put up these massive games, right? And it, it will come as a surprise, but there are some different ways to do it. You're not having every back accomplish it in the exact same way. We have 28 of the backs had at least 200 rushing yards, that obviously was something that Jacobs managed in his game. Here, you have 21 of the games featuring 100 or more receiving yards. Perhaps surprisingly, only 11 of the games feature double-digit receptions. But that's a huge number, obviously, for a running back to hit. When we talk about running backs who average that EP double double, I mean, you're not catching double-digit receptions very often, even in those types of seasons. There were 23 times where the running back did not gain 100 yards rushing, which is interesting. You're looking at high-volume, heavy workload players who are creating the most opportunities to get to these types of big games. But 23 times, they didn't have 100 receiving yards. That was actually true twice this season, where Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, two guys with multiple 40-yard games in their, or 40-point games in their backgrounds. They've done it in the past. They did it both in Week 8, this time around unfortunately for them both has really struggled since that game when running backs don't hit 100 yards rushing their average number of total touchdowns in a 40 plus game is 3.1 so if you don't have those big yardage numbers you have to find the end zone repeatedly obviously when you're talking about some of these 50 and 55 plus games you're combining all of those different elements colin the other thing i thought was interesting you did have eight games here that didn't include a rushing touchdown and went for over 40 points. All of those performances had at least 100 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. But when you look at these and you go through them, and I have all 129 of these in the article. You can look through. You can see the names. You can look at how they got there. You can look at what season, what week. Interesting to see. And I'm excited that we're going to get some more of these performances down the stretch in 2022 obviously as i mentioned at the beginning these are skewed to 2010 or earlier but that doesn't mean that we're not still getting some big games in 2011 or later 19 of the times that a back has gone over 45 points have happened in this time period that we more associate with the Modern kind of era of fantasy football, but also does correspond with this time period from say 2016 to 2020 ish, where you have the rise of the uber back before kind of the mini collapse we've experienced over the last two or three years. But Josh Jacobs, one of these guys who kind of bringing back that uber back performance.
1: We will finish up in a minute, John, with how this will look rest of season. You hinted at it a moment ago, but. I want to take a moment p- another part of the article that you've focused on is the multi-hit superstars. So the guys who have hit more than 40 points more than once in their career, there is 62 of those guys, but Sean, the top two here deserve a huge amount of recognition for what they were able to do and, and how much they kind of dominate against the field in, in terms of those forty plus games. But running through some of the names here, we have Ledamian Thompson, we have Mark marshall falk we have priest holmes alvin kamara Aaron jones brian westbrook christian mccaffrey derrick henry stephen jackson and clinton portis but the guys particularly even in the the top three slots we have tomlinson with 13 games over 40 points Falk with 11 games over 40. priest holmes with nine games over 40. the next closest then is alvin kamara so it puts in you know when we we look at recency bias sometimes we talk about alvin kamara christian mccaffrey derrick henry all fantastic. Aaron Jones is on the list four times, but to do it 13 times, LT, just a, a different level, Marshall Falk 11 times and, and Holmes nine times, it kind of puts into perspective as to, to just how dominant those guys were in, in their heyday.
2: It does. And when you talk about Marshall Falk, it's important to note that a big chunk of his career was actually outside of the scope of this exercise right looking at 2000 2022 <laughs> the time period that we have the play by play and all this advanced data in the road of his screener he actually played 6 seasons before that and his two highest yards from scrimmage seasons both of which were over 2200 yards 80 plus passes double digit touchdowns they both those happen before this when you're looking at Marshall Falk you're looking at a guy who is just so unique Tomlinson Falk we know that the NFL was different at that point but that's one of the reasons that people drafted Christian McCaffrey at the 101 that's one of the reasons why I had him with Brees Hall kind of battling for that RB2 slot in Dynasty even as he struggles with injuries even as he gets older because he seems like the guy who could bring that to the table Just because we haven't had something for a while doesn't mean we couldn't have it again. And you think of players like Le'Veon Bell, like David Johnson, what they did in terms of the EP double-double, what they did, and bring Todd Gurley in a little bit in terms of all of the scoring, all of those 20-point games, the 20-point-plus seasons, and the potential to have a big year where you add four or five fantasy points over expectation onto an expected workload that hits in that 22 point per game range. Is it impossible that we would have more backs come out and do it? I mean, obviously it's not the players who have been the closest to that recently outside of McCaffrey do tend to be Camara and Eckler who probably aren't going to hit the very high end numbers in terms of being the rusher. I mean, Eckler is just not that back in the running game. Now he does have Justin Herbert. That part helps Alvin Kamara. Had Drew Brees, obviously now that he doesn't, is a completely different back from a fantasy perspective. With Christian McCaffrey, you're really hoping to get that window where he could be it. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. His performance and then his subsequent, not really subsequent, but the knee injury that limited him last week, it's starting to get to the point where now it doesn't seem like we're going to ever – get that from Christian McCaffrey it's really a lost opportunity for him and I think for all of us to not see him at that Marshall Falk type of level but one of the things that we do see here is you have a lot of guys do it twice and in many cases do it more than twice it's interesting that among the active players Mixon is a guy who has done it twice you mentioned some of the other ones Ezekiel Elliott has done it twice probably doesn't look like he's in position to do it again now that Tony Pollard is the better back there but we do have some guys with one game, and we expect them to have more. Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. Those are the two obvious ones, the guys that you would really look to for multiple games of this type in the future. Taylor not really breaking those big plays as a receiver, but again, just on Monday Night Football this week, you see him involved in the receiving game. Barkley has been disappointing in that category, but we know that he has it. A couple older backs in Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler. Eckler, you could see it happening this season. Cook probably is done. Although you say that and one of the things you're you're kind of hoping for is that you're proven wrong quickly. And he breaks off several of these games going down the stretch as defenses have to take Justin Jefferson as their focal point with the defensive game planning. Some of the other names here that I think are interesting because they fit into a template that we really like. When you look at these multi-game stars, you have the full range of different types of backs. I talked about how workload is important, but we also talked about the different ways that you can get there. And you can get there more than once that way. So the prevalence of what we might call small backs, I mean, these are not small people. You're talking about 190 to about 210, but small backs and how they can get to this number I think that part is interesting because these guys tend to be undervalued in fantasy especially before they break out they really are the foundation of our zero RB approach it's one of the reasons that our writers and our subscribers have been able to make so much money in high stakes over the years but you have Falk at 211 Aaron Jones at 208 Westbrook at 200 McCaffrey at 205 Jamal Charles at 199 Tiki Barker at 200 Chris Johnson at 191 Ray Rice 205, Maurice Jones Drew 208. Maurice Jones Drew doesn't really feel like a smaller back because he was so thick. But you talk about those other guys and the ability for small backs with elite cutting ability that yards before contact brilliance that gets them into the open field. They can break off the long runs. They have that receiving component. When you have these guys in the right offenses, this is really the profile that I love to target and to see so many of these guys on here with multi-game scores at this level that's really exciting very encouraging in terms of thinking about some of the guys that we might have in the future obviously some of the backs that you're looking at for this upcoming class someone like a B. john robinson more of a saquon barkley type of potential star but give somebody who not small but a little bit smaller if he ended up being the back in next year's class who is the superstar long term That probably wouldn't be a gigantic surprise if not for Robinson, but I think that enthusiasm for him, one of the reasons that this next class is considered to be so stacked.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: It's only a kick,
0: a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle,
2: a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: And then the next part, Sean, as we move forward is how this may affect the final weeks here of the fantasy season and bring people to fantasy football championships so i mentioned that i don't have a lot of josh jacobs but there's other running backs who could fit that mold this year but Jacobs, so far this season the big part that he has kind of added in is the 40 receptions to his game through this point of the season and pretty much since week three he has you know had five uh targets and or more and most of his games but he does have a couple in there with four and at one game with three started off the season with back-to-back weeks of one target so adding in those targets has been a a big benefit but the other part is since week four he has 144 yards in a game 154 yards 143 yards a couple of down weeks below 78 yards rushing in those weeks but then the last two weeks again 109 and 229 and then obviously adding in those those uh touchdowns as well but some of those games you know the the houston game 143 yards three touchdowns on the ground 144 and two against denver so we're seeing some big big uh, games from him the one disappointing week is obviously the game where the, the they face off at new orleans and, and they put up zero points but that leads us sean into how he may do rest of season but not just him but i guess the optimism for our listeners of, of how this will happen because quite a large Number of these massive performances of actually, and you said with the the Jamal Charles one in the playoffs. A lot of these have actually happened, in and the playoffs as well for for fantasy purposes. So let's hope we get some of those this season again.
2: Yeah, and we talk quite a bit, and Ben and I talked on our zero RB playoff bench special at how you can get some big performances from players who maybe haven't had the full season brilliance. You can get these stretches like we saw last year from Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary, Sonia Michelle. You had the big game in the playoffs last year from Justin Jackson. You can get those scores and you can win leagues. You can win tournaments. we're talking about the absolutely huge games. I don't think it comes as any surprise that most of those games come from big time talents who have the workloads that make them possible. So when we talk about guys who have Put up this type of performance in the fantasy playoffs, their regular season scoring average in most cases is elite. 11 of the 22 situations where we have an individual back, and four of them actually did it twice. But you have these individual backs, they averaged 20 plus points per game. Another big chunk, the next five averaged 16 or more points per game. You only have a couple of guys down there at the bottom. Now, Every once in a while, you'll have a breakout that foreshadows superstardom in the future. David Johnson has a 45-point game in 2015 before he blows up and has a 26-point-per-game season the following year. Derrick Henry, it may be surprising to consider that when he did his 48-point playoff game in 2018, he only averaged 8 points per game that year in the fantasy regular season. He was actually dropped in quite a few leagues. He breaks out down the stretch. He's a monster in the fantasy playoffs. He averages 20 points per game the following season. But most of these guys, and a little bit of it is, is skewed to the top, where you have Marshall Falk a couple of times. You have Ladanian Tomlinson. Marshall Falk actually put up 40 plus points in both weeks 15 and 16 of 2000. He did it again in weeks 15 and 16 of 2001. You have Ladanian Tomlinson doing it in weeks 14 and 15 of 2003. One of the things that's kind of interesting here that I mentioned in the article, we tend to think very fondly of the peak Le'Veon Bell era, we tend to think very favorably of the peak Todd Gurley era. Both of those guys averaging 20 plus points per game for multiple seasons. Obviously, they carried you to the fantasy playoffs. But the really cool thing here, and one of the reasons they will sort of live in memory forever for the specific managers who had them, much like that Jamal Charles game, is that these guys actually had all of their 40 plus games in the fantasy playoffs for Todd Gurley. That was in 2017. He did it in weeks 15 and 16. And then the next season, 2018 was his actual best regular season for fantasy. You have Le'Veon Bell does it in two different seasons. He has a 47 and a half point game in week 14 of the 2014 season. And then two years later, he does it again in week 14. This one uh, almost 52 points in that week 14 outburst so you've got guys who are memorable because they had the big games in the fantasy playoffs but when you're looking at where these games come from they tend to come from the guys who are having the big seasons i also talk a little bit in the article about how many times players that had a 40 point game earlier that year or earlier in their careers not surprisingly again the players who have these profiles are the guys who are able to put up These scores, they don't come out of nowhere. So if you are someone who believes in drafting the stars, who wants to take some running backs early, this would give you some ammunition for that idea, for that thesis. Looking at the leaderboard right now and kind of thinking through who would potentially do it this year, obviously you have Austin Eckler at the top with almost 23.5 points per game. Jacobs now gets barely over 22. Henry sitting just under 20. Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley in that next group. Mixon and Alvin Kamara, as we mentioned, have done it already this season. Mixon especially in an offense where it wouldn't be surprising if he got another shot at a bunch of touchdowns. Samashe P. Ryan looking very good in his absence. Maybe they try and balance that a little bit to keep Mixon fresh. But looking at those top guys, one of the reasons that I mentioned Ben and I were excited about getting a Christian McCaffrey team into the playoffs, you have this potential for a 40-point game, for a 45-game, maybe a 55-point game. The 49ers will have to call plays a lot differently than they did this last week, but you have that potential. Austin Eckler coming off another 11-reception game. As you look to the fantasy playoffs, I'm just excited for scoring. I'm still high off of Week 12. Josh Jacobs not somebody that we necessarily have a lot of, but we give him full credit for how well he played in this game, how well he's playing this season. I love to see those scoreboards change, the numbers roll up, and have these big scores that make fantasy football so fun.
1: Yeah, 100%. Sean, last question I have for you. I'm going to pick somebody, and I'll let you pick somebody who's going to have a 40-plus point game at the running back position between now and the end of the fantasy season. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson.
2: Ramondre Stevenson, that is a gutsy one there with
1: Gotta be gutsy. Probably nobody is gonna do it.
2: So let's let's go out and say, oh, I say that when it happens. Well, we've already had four of those games this season. Ramondre Stevenson so I think it you know very possible. One of the things I mentioned there, I I do think that we're gonna see this type of performance again in the future. Ramondre Stevenson, five twenty plus point per game. Ramondre Stevenson, five games with more than 20 points already. Only one where he just barely crossed the 25-point-per-game threshold. But that's an interesting pick, Colin. I love that you went out on the ledge with that one. Tony Pollard is a little bit of an interesting look there. Miles Sanders (laughs) with the way uh, teams can't stop the Eagles. Rushing game, a little bit of an interesting dark horse one. I would definitely have picked Brees Hall if he hadn't gotten hurt. So that is... A dagger I want to pick Saquon Barkley but they refuse to get him the ball in any situation that he doesn't have five defensive players surrounding him I can't pick Christian McCaffrey after watching him stand on the sidelines and all those high value situations last week it's not going out on a limb but I'm gonna take Jonathan Taylor I think that this Colts offense has gotten just enough better. And I think that those long touchdown runs, we mentioned Jamal Charles and seeing him break free time after time in his 59 point game. I don't think he can get to 59, but we're going to have a Jonathan Taylor performance with three 50 yard scores. We'll see if they're split between rushing and receiving, but three 50 yard scores in one game for Jonathan Taylor at some point before the 2022 season ends.
1: So we'll see. Uh, I, uh sean sean i i'm just can't wait for Romano Stevenson's uh massive week 13 here i'm very excited for it but uh we will see how that goes with our, our predictions but a fun show looking at josh jacobs and the other historical running back performances that's going to do it for today's show hopefully you have enjoyed it my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter add over to Martin. my co-host as always is sean siegel you can check out his work up on rotavis.com including this piece which i will link in today's show notes And until we are back a good one thank you for listening to overtime on road radio please rate and review the road radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his with a discount through the road radio homepage road forward slash podcast